Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that this world has to offer. This week, we'll be taking a look back at some of the most memorable black cartoons. We've got Seabear and Jamal going up against Wayne Head, Wayne Head. And for the main event, we'll be breaking down the brilliant cartoon that is the Boondog. We'll look at how this cartoon impacted the black community and how they dealt with certain topics that shaped our very culture. And I'll let you know what my top three Boondocks episodes are. Let's see if you agree or disagree. So let's get started. And joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey Abs, how's it going? Very, very well, thanks. I'm looking forward to this episode. Second week into Black History Month. Yes, I'm loving it, I'm loving it, I'm loving it. I wish it could be Black History Month every month. It should be. It should be. (laughs) Spoken like a true ally there, Paul. We appreciate that. Definitely invited to the cookout. Again. Yes, again. You get two passes now. I'm going to try every week to to get invited. We're going to go all the way back to February 1996. And so some of the things that were happening in the world. So the IRA declared its 18-month ceasefire, brought it to an end. And then they decided to bomb Canary Wharf. So that was uh, unfortunate. Also, Serb forces withdraw from Sarajevo, ending the siege after 1,425 days, which is the longest siege of a capital city in the history of modern warfare. Also, Take That officially announced that they were breaking up. I remember that time. It was hysteria and the absolute scenes. I I don't remember... uh... I, think I don't remember take that thing. committed suicide because of it. I think loads of people committed suicide. Uh, uh, but there was, I think, one girl in particular who uh, committed suicide. And Broken Arrow was the highest grossing movie of February 1996. And Babylon Zoo with Spaceman was number one. Actually, I was going to say this was a tune, but it falls off a cliff after the intro. I've never heard it. You've never heard of Spaceman? No. no I'm mean, shaking my head as if you, you can see I, me. I can't believe you ain't heard this. This was like, this song was everywhere back then. And this was what, I was in year three and... I I bought my first, as you know, I didn't even buy my first album. Uh, I think it was 2001. My sister got it for me as a Christmas present. She bought me my first music album before that I wasn't interested (laughs) that's my uh, caveat of not knowing any of the music tracks I mean that might be down to me as well but it's not my fault these songs were number one I'm telling people what happened and some of the things that was popping if it's not something that you like that's nothing I can do about it yeah but I just don't know about it (laughs) Just never heard of these songs. They come out of nowhere. Well, that's like, a bit like. Well, that's down today's to cartoons. you. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, you segued it on now. Now we're going to be talking about Sea Bear and Jamal. 
Now this was kind of a, an animated musical comedy. It kind of features a, an elementary age schoolboy named Jamal who had a uh, companion called Seabear who was kind of like a hip-hop teddy bear with a deep voice and rap. And also they kind of talk to each other and Seabear creates all these imaginary scenarios for Jamal. He kind of along the way with episodes kind of teaches Jamal what it means to be an adult, what it kind of means to be a decent human being. So he'll kind of show Jamal some of the things like in his imaginary world, kind of show Jamal a different point of view. And it'll always come to the conclusion that the grass isn't always green on the other side, whether it's because you're poor, whether it's because you don't have the latest trainers, you can always be yourself and, and be true to yourself. Now, tell me what you know about Seabear and Jamal. Seabear and Jamal, I had never heard of. I didn't have a clue what it was. So I thought, brilliant. As everything we do nowadays, I'll Google it. I Googled it. I, there was uh, the intro, which I watched. And from the intro, I got there's a bear <laughs> that does hip hop. And there's a boy. Jamal. Called Jamal. And that's all I could ascertain from the from the um from the intro and then i went to look at episodes and there's a little thing oh yeah full episodes and there was some i can't even do it politely there's just some morons talking over episodes of c bear and jamal was this youtube youtube there was like um was it Lo logan paul i don't care about them i'm naming them oh well they're fighting aren't they they're just talking about it and it just I was like, please, can you just like pipe down? Because I'm trying to listen. Why are they talking over Seabear and Jamal? I have no idea. I think it's one of these like, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to comment on it. And I'm blah, 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 blah. please just don't do that. Just stop it. Well, a bunch of white guys talking about a black cartoon. Yeah, I mean, I really can't talk much there, but <laughs> at, least, at least I'm not a bunch of white guys. I could probably make up for the lack of white guys here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but in all seriousness, I couldn't find any episodes to watch. Um, I, I watched uh, the intro. That was all I could find. With Seabear and Jamal, I, I did find episodes to watch because I take this very seriously. Hey, man. <laughs> <Look at him. laughs> no, I, I, I probably should have sent you a link. So it's, it's, it's on me as well. So. Yeah, but I just don't know how you found it. I've searched for ages for it. At least... I literally wrote on Google, watch Seabear and Jamal online, and I managed to find a couple of hits. So Right, luckily. Luckily, I've got my... What are you doing? You're not, you're not taking another long break, are you? No, I'm not taking another long break. And apologies for a few weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to try and prove you wrong. There's a... Ton of episodes. I, I managed to watch like at least four. Four episodes? Yes. Okay, anyway, we, we better, um, we'll probably edit that all out. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So some of the the characters in Sea uh, Bear and Jamal. Obviously, you got Jamal Wingo. You've got his dad, who's Hawthorne. He's a, a single father. His uh, wife uh, passed away. I happened to watch an episode. Fortuitously for me, was covering that whole thing. Also, he has some friends. So he has Maya. She's like a really, really loud girl, but she's also very smart. You've got Big Chill, who's Jamal's fat friend. I read that on the internet somewhere that he has a catchphrase, but I've never, ever heard him say the catchphrase. Apparently, his catchphrase is the B-I-G-C-H-I-double-I is in the his house. I've never heard him say that, and I probably said that wrong. I already sound like a really old man. <clears throat> the B-I-G-C-H-I-double-I is in the his house. I think that's that's about right. And then he's got like this Afrocentric friend who I love, Kwame. So he's kind of like pointing at things going, oh, this is conspiracies done by the man. And why is that traffic light racist? So the white thing comes out first and then the red thing comes out last. What's that all about, eh? It's hilarious. And some of the episodes that I managed to watch, one of them was Emperor's New Gear. So they're starting school and Jamal's father, Hawthorne, was like, oh, I'm going to get you some brand new clothes. And it turns out that the clothes were really, really cheap. And Jamal never, he didn't really like those clothes. He was like, oh my God, I haven't got new clothes. I'm going to look really, really weird going back to school. And so Seabear kind of takes him on this adventure where they come across this sort of singing person wearing all purple. So I think he's resembling Prince. And I believe Jamie Foxx does the, uh, the voice for this. And so he kind of shows him that it doesn't really matter what you wear as long as you're true to yourself. That was a pretty nice episode. Another one was The Prince and the Pole Boy. And so this is where Jamal goes to see his cousin. I think his cousin's name was Russell. And so they go to his house and Jamal's thinking, oh, he's really, really poor. He comes from the sticks. I'm going to have to show him the ropes. And he's got this like action man. I think it's called like Nubian man or something. And so they're trying to go off and play with this Nubian man thing. And then it turns out that the cousin is really, really rich. So they're going to the house. He's got like a, a swimming pool. He's kind of got like a room full of the action man figures and so he kind of lies to Russell going, oh, I, I live the same too. I live in a nice big house. I'm really, really rich too. And then Seabear kind of shows him what it would be like if Jamal was, was rich. And so Jamal doesn't really like it because he's very, very lonely. He misses his dad. He misses his grandparents who also live in his house. And so he kind of tells Russell, look, I don't live like you live, but I've got some really, really cool friends. And then he's trying to get his friends to um, be a lot more classier. And they obviously are like, oh, whatever, Jamal, we're, we are who we are. And we don't really care about that fancy, bougie, classy stuff, which is what Kwame was saying. 
And yeah, that, that was another good episode. Sleepers in South Central. That was uh, another episode that I actually really liked. So basically Hawthorne, he kind of fancies the male lady and they go out on a date. I don't know why it was called Sleepless in South Central. I don't know if it was a, a play on words with Sleepless in Seattle, but because I've never seen Sleepless in Seattle, so I me neither. No, I think I think my sister would have been good to talk about that because it's a rom com film. But um, yeah, so Sleepless in South Central. So they Jamal is like, oh, I don't really want my dad going on dates, and I don't really want him seeing other women. Because he's probably thinking he's trying to replace his mum. But obviously that's far from the truth. And so Seabear and Jamal go out of their way to sabotage their first date. So they just get up to all sorts and they're just completely ruining this uh, this first date. And so Seabear kind of makes him see, okay, well, if you want your dad for yourself, this is what's going to happen. So he kind of shows him what happens if you don't let your dad move on and you don't let your dad see other people. So he's going to be in Jamal's life all the time. So when he's graduating from school, his dad's going to be by his side. When Jamal gets married, his dad's going to be by his side. When he's old and gray, his dad's going to be by his side. And so he's thinking, oh man, I need my own space. And then he kind of realizes, okay, maybe... I should give her a chance. Maybe I should let my dad kind of see other people. And then obviously his dad was like, look, nothing's going to replace your mom. She has a special place in my heart and she has a special place in your heart. She's never, ever going to leave you. So, so don't worry about that. And uh, the, uh, the last episode that I saw, The Truth and Nothing But The Truth. So this is where basically Jamal... He wants to work for the newspaper. And so he has to try and sort of give advice to people. So he has this kind of thing where it's called Joe 411. So he's basically giving the 411 to people. And he starts to be too honest with people. And then obviously people don't like it when you're way too honest. So he's saying to Big Chill, oh, you're fat or whatnot. He's telling Maya she's too loud. She's, he's telling Kwame that, why are you so paranoid all the time? He then tells his dad, like, why are you not training? You're a bit overweight. And he kind of grasses up on his dad and kind of tells the gym that he's supposed to go to that, oh, here's my dad. And he kind of learns that while you should be honest with people, you shouldn't always try and try and hurt people's feelings. So yeah, that was that's Seabear and Jamal. So that was kind of like your typical episode where you have a situation and obviously Seabear in rap form would sort of explain to Jamal about the rights and wrongs and just advising him that you should go about certain things in certain ways. So in that in that in that sense I really like Seabear and Jamal and this was a cartoon that I did watch when I was a kid. I watched a few episodes of of Seabear and Jamal. It used to come on CBBC. I mean, not for a long period of time. It was maybe like they used to show it like once in the blue moon, or they just had one period where they were where they were showing it. But um, it's amazing that they didn't get much episodes, considering it was on the uh, 
Fox Kids programming block, you'd think they would have had more opportunities to flourish and grow. And I, I do think the concept of Sebra and Jamal was a good concept where he's learning like life lessons. He's learning about the rights and the wrongs and things like that. So we could have, could have gone on longer, but it's one of those things where they had what, two seasons maybe about 13 14 episodes in totals it's barely anything is it and it's amazing when you see what uh what cartoons make it yeah. um, you know and what cartoons get a chop as you know you only have to do a, a little bit of a a look into that to see how kind of yeah racist it is i can't think of any other word to <laughs> word it but it's but it is cuz it kind I of i mean if it was i don't know w bear and billy yeah they would have got. Good old Billy. They would have. They would have milked that. They would. Yo, hey, yeah. Billy. <laughs> no, but I, it's just like you know. Of, cause it's it's nothing Look wrong. Look how Johnny Bravo, that fool got like how many years? A misogynistic white guy yeah. versus a morally correct kind of black kid with a little hip hop bear chop straight up. Yeah, but oh, mama, that gets you what four, five seasons. A long run right into like the noughties. So, yeah. Moving on now to the other cartoon of ours. And we're going to October 1996. And so some of the things that happened. So Rupert Murdoch and Roger Ailes launched Fox News. What a force of good they've been. And the former... Prime Minister of Bulgaria, Andrei Lukanov, is assassinated. Sleepers was the number one grossing film in October 1996. And Say You'll Be There was number one by the Spice Girls. You know, I think deliberately some of these shows are going to come out when they're number one. So you can imagine another program we do, I don't know. Hey Arnold, I bet like... God, what's a Spice Girl song? Um, Spice up your life. That will probably be number one. <laughs> was there a time when like Spice, was it Spice World, the movie was the thing? And then their songs was number one as well? Dreadful movie. I never watched it, but... I did. I, my sister's definitely watched it. Awful movie. I actually don't mind the Spice Girls. Some of their music is very catchy and girl power and whatnot i'm all for that but oh, it's a horrible film i don't even re i remember my sisters watching it as um but i don't remember watching it i think it was one of those uh that's disgusting i'm going outside <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah don't 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 come at me okay I love the Spice Girls. I, I, I love all of their music and what they represent. But Spice World, no. No, 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 no. And you won't see me mentioning that film when I do my roundup of the things that happened. Not a chance. I don't care if it's the highest grossing movie of all time. I ain't ever going to mention that film apart from mentioning it now for the last minute or so. Anyways, now on to Waynehead. Now this was a uh, <laughs> yes, Waynehead, Waynehead. 
This was a, uh, a Canadian-American animated series which was created by Damon Wyans. So the Wyans bros, they, they were kind of behind Waynehead. And then obviously this was about a boy called Wayne and he's from a poor background in the borough of Manhattan. So this is the, the, the Chelsea neighborhood. And obviously the backdrop is just them living in this really sort of poor, lower class neighborhood. And so every episode is just kind of looking at that and kind of dealing with the challenges that kind of come with it. And obviously Wayne has a uh, a club foot or he's suffers from club foot. And it, the episodes or the shows kind of deal with that and it kind of describes the the challenges of uh, having a disability now we spoke about this before recording i i'm not gonna lie like, i never even heard of clubfoot if you asked me what clubfoot was i'd just be going that's the only clubfoot i knew prior did you never to... watch eastenders yeah they did a whole thing about, um, was it Cat and Alfie had a baby, right? And he had club foot. And then... When uh, was this? this is, and then Vonnie and... It must have been Vonnie and Jack had a baby. Oh, is and this when Vonnie, they swapped the babies? They swapped the babies over. Oh, my God. Oh, Ronnie and her crazy self. And that's how they knew kind of the baby was thing because they had a club foot. And, but this was ages ago. I think. They, is, that, is that how they found out about the club not, foot? No, but it was one of the things. It was one of the... Uh, one of because the, they they dragged it on for for oh, months. Oh, that story, yeah, that storyline went on forever. Didn't, didn't they make it go in like uh, January? It started around January, yeah, and it went all the way to like the spring, yeah, and it was like, like well into the spring, Wellington spring, well into the oh. spring. I thought it was like a, a different thing, Wellington spring. No, 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 no. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I've, I'd never heard of. As a as a disability, I'd never heard yeah. of club foot. I thought it was what a kind of thing that if children have it, they grow out of it fairly quickly. Like I think they they, they I might be mistaken. See, like, on that. He wears a he wears a boot, a big boot. So it's like yeah, but no. And also, um, in uh, Wayne Head, you had probably some of the the Wayans brothers. So like, I think Marlon he starred in a couple of episodes. I think Gary Coleman starred in. Uh, one episode as well so that was uh you know using your connections in a in a positive way some of the characters in that program obviously you had damien wayne or aka waynehead you obviously had marvin you had mo money roz tooth and blue so it was some of the uh the characters again this was as you were saying with Seba and Jamal, this was a cartoon that you you'd have to sh struggle to to find anything on the internet that could tell you what or how you could watch it. Because I mean, so far I've been very fortunate that I've managed to find a decent amount of 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 content to watch with with some of the episodes throughout. Even like some of the obscure CBBC shows, like I, I didn't think I'd find anything on Aquila, but that was Aquila was easy to find though. Tons of yeah, there was tons, tons and tons of stuff on Aquila, which I was, you know, quite quite surprised about. But with this show, man, it was what 
I found one full episode and found one half episode. I found one full episode as well, something called Rebel Without a Paw. Rebel Without a Paw, yeah, so... And you didn't mention Tripod in the... Uh, does he only make an... Is it, is it his only I episode? I don't think Tripod is a regular dog. I think he's like a neighborhood kind of thing where... Because I don't see... Because I don't see him anywhere in the other episodes or in the other episodes. He's on the intro though, right? Is he? I'm sure I saw him running around in the intro. Again, yeah, this, this is what happens when you don't watch it or not not, not watch it, but like... Because obviously I only found this one episode. I think it was like the last episode. It was the final episode. The final yeah. episode ever yeah, made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because Tripod and... Which is three-legged dogs, just to be clear on that. I can't remember if you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three-legged dog was friends with a, a little boy with a club foot. So I thought it was kind of their tag team. I've got bad foot. You've got no foot. Uh, and I thought it was kind of like a thing. I didn't realize it was just like a one-off. And I mean, I, again, um, no, because obviously when I did the research for this, I didn't, I didn't really read anything about Tripod other than watching that one episode. Yeah. I mean, when I watched that episode, I got the impression that he was just a, a dog that was in the neighborhood. Obviously, he tried to bring him home to his family because he's got like an older brother and a younger sister and mum and dad. And they're just like, you know, oh, get this dog out of here. He's weird. He's got three legs. What's that all about? And he tries to make him make him a leg. Yeah. Out of those different things. <laughs> yeah. So I ne I never I never really got never really got that impression that he was a a regular, but maybe he was. And it's just the case that we we there's no way of us like ever knowing or ever ever I mean, watching it. Because I mean, to be fair, if even if he was a regular, the show got canned after like sixteen episodes or whatever it was, thirteen episodes. Was it? Yeah, October ninety six until May ninety seven. That is so like it didn't even complete a calendar year. That's what November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Seven months. Yeah, it's nothing, is it? No. Well, how you how are you gonna only commission a show for like seven months? Like, what 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 was what was the condition with black shows? Like, either you gotta make it a hit within like the first week, or else. I mean, it might be a case where if we end up doing more. What Sorry to um, butt in again. Yeah, that's right. What, what time? What what month was this released in? October ninety six. October ninety six. At the same time, and it's something I mentioned to you just before we started recording. Uh, hey Arnold was released, so mm. I wonder if it fell foul of Hey Arnold in terms of like audience levels and things like that. Maybe it fell by the wayside. I'd never heard of this show before. As, as basically any show that we've ever covered on here, I've never heard of. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what I was, I was just interested because remember we, before we started recording, I said it's kind of similar. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like kids and a thing and, uh, you know, kind of just up to their old shenanigans or whatever. And I said it's like Hey Arnold and just a little quick google said that it came out in october october the 7th 1996 to and here we go so to june 2004 but 
To be fair, Hey Arnold is fantastic. And we will get to Hey Arnold real, real soon. I promise. Hey Arnold is just, it's outstanding. It might be one of my favorites, actually. There's only one black guy in the lineup, though. I know. Just saying. Black History Month and you're plugging Hey Arnold. <laughs> but he's a very important and significant character in Hey Arnold. He's his best mate. Well, yeah. Gerard Carmichael. <sighs> anyway, let's, let's focus on the program we're actually talking about. And, uh, yeah, with, with um, Rebel Without a Paul, obviously you kind of deal with running around the neighborhood because obviously Tripod gets into it with uh, another dog and they're meant to have this like big big old battle and then while Tripod is kind of running away he kind of runs into the woman who's like the dog catcher or whatever their whatever it, the official title for her was but I think it was the dog catcher she worked <laughs> for the city pound <laughs> No, that was um, a good episode and probably a good way to to end that to end that show. The other episode, as I was saying, because I've managed to find half of an episode, was um, Damien, he or Wayne. He's like really um, upset and jealous that he's not really getting any attention in the house. Like his older brother is getting all like the the spotlight and the attention. Cause he gets like this brand new job and he kind of feels like, Oh, I don't really have anywhere to kind of go. I don't really have like a brother or like, I don't feel like brotherhood. So he's like going outside and hanging out in the dark with his friends. And basically his friends were like, Oh, you don't need your brother. We're your brothers. Let's hang out and whatnot. And then when he kind of realizes that they all have to, go back home, he's kind of left out on his own. So he kind of realizes that those bros outside ain't your bros, bro. Your bro at home is your bro, bro. Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> so that's, uh was half of the episode that I um, managed to find. So now we'll uh, have to try and choose between the two. I mean, don't, 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 don't be at a rush, Paul, with your decision. I think the choice is clear for me. I think so, too. <laughs> I, th th I thought it was quite a good show, to be fair. Like, um, not Seabro and Jamal. I can't comment on that one. I mean, the intro was all right. <laughs> I mean, if we, maybe we should just say purely based on the intro. Because Why not? Still waiting, hey. still, still, oh. still waiting ahead <laughs> every hey. time. Oh. And I Wait thought, ahead. I thought even the hey ho was like kind of, it was like this it's is the... our podcast music. So <laughs> I was like, hey, <laughs> ho. Uh, but I, yeah, I was just saying to you, it's like the blackest opening credits ever. I love it so much. It's just it's so, it's just it's so black, and I love it. All black everything. That's why I'm doing this. Black History Month. Fists in the air and all that good stuff. Yeah, I've got to be careful where I do that because some people might yeah, get yeah, the wrong you, idea. You better put your fist down, boy. 
You know your place as a good ally. So did you actually choose then? Yeah. Or did I'm, we just go off on a tangent? As I we think we went off do? on a tangent, but genuinely, I think the even if you're doing it by the intros, Waynehead every time. It's so catchy. Mm. I mean, you'll be walking down the streets going, Waynehead. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, that's the thing I remember as a kid. Like, if you'd said to me, oh, did you remember Waynehead? I'd be like, yeah, Waynehead, Waynehead, the party's just begun, Waynehead. Oh, another thing as well, um, just going back to the Hey Arnold uh, thing, they call him Football Head in this episode. And obviously the uh, Football Head was Hey Arnold's like, Always... Move it over there, football head. Yeah, every time, and that's what they're calling him. This maybe. Where did you get f- what? Who calls Wayne Head football head? Do you know the guy with the dog, the big old dog? Yeah. The, the uh, and he had a kind of girl on his arm and yeah, this and yeah, the other. Yeah. He calls him football head. I think. He, he, someone definitely calls it hundred percent. Whether it's that geezer with the um, dog or not, I don't know. Pretty sure it is. I don't think I heard that. Oh, here we... Oh, no, 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 I didn't write it down. But it's definitely there. I promise you it's there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll pick... <laughs> Stop that. It's going to be in my head for, like, the next week. <laughs> I'm going to go with Seabear and Jamal. Not because I watched four times as much episodes as a little of Waynehead but I'm going to pick Siva and Jabbar because of the the concept of the show I I really like that in the episode there'd there'd be a life lesson in there somewhere I always like my cartoons and TV shows to have a message to have something that people can kind of take away and kind of learn from and I think Siva and Jamal did that really really well and it's surprising that they never really got as much of a, a run. Maybe if maybe if the rapper who plays Seabear was a lot more famous. I think his name was like Tone Lock or something. He was the uh the voice for Seabear and I think he used that whole Seabear thing as his experience growing up. But maybe if it was a a common or well known rapper, maybe he would have got a longer run, but yeah, I, I really liked Seabear and Jamal. I so really liked... So you're blaming the lack of success of Seabear and Jamal on the rapper? Just to... Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe if they got someone like Snoop Dogg to do the voice of Seabear. God, what rapper was popping in 96? I was going to say Tupac, but I think he's. this is sort of about the time when he, uh, he met his... Uh, no, tell a lie. God, when did Pac die? He died in 96, didn't he? Anyway. Um, yeah, maybe if they'd got like a, a common rapper who was well-known and huge. Maybe. I'm just putting it out there. I ain't got nothing against Tone Lock. Yo, shout out to my man Tone Lock. I'm going I'm to check out your collection. Maybe if you were trying to sell me a mixtape when I was in New York and I ignored you, I apologize. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, got nothing but love for you.
And now we go on to the main event, and this is the Boondocks, which came onto our screens in November 2005. So some of the the things that were happening in November 2005, you had Angela Merkel, who became the first female chancellor of Germany. Sticking onto that kind of theme was Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. Not sure if I said the surname right. She was elected president of Liberia, the first woman to lead an African country. Good stuff. I believe George Weah now, the former footballer, is president of Liberia. I have no idea. That's definitely a that's a Google question. That is now George Weah is like a legendary African football player. I think he's like the first African footballer to win the World Player of the Year awards. Yeah, so he was he was a, a baller. And also the first partial human face transplant was completed in Amiens, France. I think her name was Isabelle Dinois. So that's a, a breakthrough in uh, medical why, science. Why would you have a tr- face transplant? Was there actually a reason or was it a cosmetic reason? I have no idea. Maybe, maybe it's it all cosmetic, like, but you know what I mean. Was it a choice or was it a... Well, transplant suggests that something was missing and they needed to replace. I don't know. Yeah, but you can get a hair transplant. Yeah, because your hair is missing. No, so but... you get a hair transplant. Oh, fair enough. I mean, that's that's the impression you get. Not yeah, necessarily no, but missing, I mean but is, something that you need anyway. Yeah, but what I mean is a hair transplant, you don't need to get a hair transplant, right? But say like if your face got taken off, then you might need maybe. a new face. Yeah, but maybe that's what happened. And Get Rich or Die Trying was the, uh, the film of uh, November 2005. And in the background, you could hear Window Shopper by 50 Cent. Mad at me? I think I know why. Man, he's a window shopper in the jewelry store looking at if she can't buy. <laughs> I was about to swear, but this is a kid's podcast. This is for the children. Which brings us on to our next show. <laughs> oh, yes, the Boondocks. Oh, my God. Where do we begin with the Boondocks? Okay, so this was a an, an, an adult-themed cartoon sitcom created by Aaron McGruder. It's based on a, a comic strip of the, the same name. It's set in the uh, fictional white suburb called Woodcrest. And so it's the uh, a black family, the Freemans. So you got Robert Freeman, Huey Freeman and Riley Freeman. So Robert Freeman, he was, a, I believe, a, a war hero. And he was also like a civil rights legend. Apparently, he sat on the bus next to uh, Rosa Parks and he doesn't like Rosa Parks because they kind of show a clip where they're saying, oh, get off the get off and sit at the back. And he's like, no. And she also says no. But she's the one that ends up getting arrested. And he's like, what about me? What about me? I, I refuse. I refuse. And the police officer is going, you stay out of trouble now. And obviously Rosa Parks gets arrested and she gets all the, the notoriety. And so he he's really bitter and annoyed about that. You got Huey Freeman, who's like this young leftist, black radical revolutionary. 
He's also a retired domestic terrorist. He's a master practitioner of Chinese martial arts. And then you got his younger brother, Riley. And he's like the typical kind of misguided black youth. So he he loves hip hop. He loves all the thing that kind of goes with hip hop and all of the, the, the fame and the fortune and everything with that. You also got the opening theme song, who was performed by uh, hip-hop artist Asheru. It's a great, great opening theme. And a lot of people think that Woodcrest is kind of based in Chicago's South Side or kind of mainly in sort of the Illinois kind of area in terms of some of the stories that they did, in terms of, I think there's a, a real-life suburb called Crestwood, in Chicago, so Woodcrest, Crestwood, they they might think it's similar things. And yeah, so you had a lot of kind of like celebrity appearances. So often you would have Sway, who's kind of like a radio DJ, DJ Sway in the morning. Buster Rhymes in an episode. You had Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg. You had Bill Maher as well was in a couple of episodes. So yeah, you kind of had like a lot of celebrity influences, a lot of that kind of thing. You also had Samuel Jackson, who did the voice for Ed Wunkler. So he's basically this psychopathic, trigger-happy former soldier who was kind of like discharged from Iraq. And him and his friend, sort of Gin Rummy, they always get up to no good, but they get away with it all the time because of their granddad, who is, I think, Ed Ed Wankler Sr. So he's like this really rich guy. And so he uses like that clout and influence to always get his grandson and his friend out of trouble. And then also you got Uncle Ruckus, who is just absolutely hilarious. And he kind of loves the whole black slave culture, loves white people. He just... He's like this self-hating guy who just yeah hates black people so much. And then obviously you got the Dubois family. He's like Tom, he's like this light-skinned lawyer, married to a white woman, Sarah, and they've got this kid called uh, Jasmine. And uh in terms of uh, the Boondocks, what what were your kind of early impressions and what do you think? The Boondocks, I was Straight off the bat, I was horrified because I thought it was a kid's show. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's another show that I'd never heard of before. What channel was it aired on? Presumably not CBBC. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's many kind of significant things about the Boondocks. I, I think this is probably, not only is it the youngest TV show that we're looking at, yeah, I believe so in terms of like the beginning because obviously with DuckTales, we kind of had the old new version. But yeah. yeah, in terms of that, it's kind of the newest show. I think MTV showed the Boondocks. And yeah, it's this is definitely not for kids. I think the very kind of first scene, the very first, the first moment. The first scene, Jesus I was, was in black. Ronald Reagan was the devil and the government is lying about 9-11. Woo! 
And his and, his, and then his granddad's just like, stop lying to the white people. <laughs> yeah. No, no, he goes, what's he say? Don't don't tell the white people the truth or something like yeah. that. Yeah, brilliant. Oh um, my god, I was re- I was a bit uh, not put off, but it was a bit strange that it was anime because mm. it wasn't like a just like a normal cartoon. It had a very specific anime style. Yeah, which I thought was really peculiar for American black culture. Yeah, because normally you see it, obviously it's weird stuff. I like think one of the, the people turning into pigs may have been like Korean. So uh, I think that may okay. be where that whole kind of manga slash anime kind of look came from. Fair enough. I just I just thought it was a bit weird. Mm. Um, mm. Only at first. I mean, obviously you kind of you get past it, but it's, obviously anime is a very specific type of. Uh, animation yeah, right? yeah, it's written, yeah and it's kind of used in a, a normally within a particular genre mm. you know it's normally uh, really weird storylines it's like normally overly gruesome as well like with the even with yeah. like the uh, studio uh, I don't know how to say it really studio Ghibli Ghibli films whatever they're called um, yeah I don't know where I was going with that to be honest <laughs> But like with the Boondocks again, because it was so adult themed and it was so real in that sense, they they weren't afraid to really go after some of the topics and the the events that happened during the day. So they would look at things like the government's response to Hurricane Katrina. The Iraq war was a, a common theme of that ran throughout really with um, the two guys, Jin Rummy and Ed Runkler III, who I I found absolutely hilarious. So that was also something. And the constant use of the word, the, the N-word on like the show with the cartoons. And I think that kind of raised a lot of eyebrows. A lot of people were like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? But I think the producer, Aaron Magruder, was like, I want to keep this as real as possible how people talk and if i don't do that then i'm not not being authentic necess- yeah authentic and not being true and, 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 and honest to the show yeah i found that um as a white guy carrying a lot of white guilt that's uh <laughs> it's quite difficult to to hear it do you, yeah do you see what I mean? not to obviously it's kind of part of the thing but it's just a bit like you know and i'm <laughs> And I think there's like even the the woman kind of alluded. Uh, there's a lady in the first very first episode, and then um, that I can't remember what that geezer's name was, but he's kind of a big guy, and he was drunk, and he was doing a speech. He was doing a song, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember this, and he's just singing the song, and he's like, "Oh, I'm singing." Maybe we'll try and dig it out and put it underneath because it's it was quite funny. so funny. Oh, I was watching this in a cafe somewhere and I'm just laughing my head off. It's like, and all the white people are like, Uncle Ruckus, yeah. And then the lady just goes, I think it's okay if they say it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they start clapping. <laughs> oh my God. This is like Uncle Ruckus just makes me laughing the way he just is like oh oh i hate all y'all colored folk and the white man he's beautiful and great <laughs> i will talk about um the passion of reverend ruckus which is one of my favorite episodes of all time it's just it's the idea that it's so funny and also 
with the boondocks was it was try to challenge how black Americans would behave and, and think. So they would kind of use like the weird sardonic humor to kind of teach lessons. And it's just the way like the behavior of like certain black people. I think before we get onto the episodes, I think one of the episodes of the boondocks, again, it's one of my favorites that was actually really, really controversial was the return of Martin Luther King. So they did an episode, Return of the King, which was on season one. And so this is where Martin Luther King, he wakes up from a coma after 32 years and he struggles to adapt to this modern world. So he gets asked about 9-11 and what he thinks. And he's, and they, and obviously Americans were like, oh, we have to find these terrorists and we have to kill them all and, and all that stuff. And Martin Luther King is like, oh, we should turn the other cheek. We should try and be good like Christians and things like that. And everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about? What's wrong with you? And he becomes like ostracized. It's quite similar to like Martin Luther King's later years in real life. Like he becomes really like ostracized. He becomes like the most hated man in America. He really, really struggles to kind of find his way in the world that like he thinks it's completely different. Cause obviously you got like, I don't know, hip hop music. So he's watching like a, one of the music videos by a thug, thugalicious, I think it's called. The Is rapper. that a real rapper? It's not a real rapper. No. Thug, 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 thugalicious. I think it's called. Hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look this up. I don't think he's called thugalicious. It's uh Thugnificent, that's it. Thugnificent. Thugnificent, yeah, that's 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 the name. And he's and Thugnificent has a song called Booty Butt Cheeks. So it's like Booty Butt, Booty Butt, Booty Butt Cheeks. <laughs> Maybe we'll try and put this underneath as well. <laughs> it's such a stupid song, and he's watching that music video and he's like, What the hell happened to our people? What's going on? And he kind of sees just how strange everything has become and He's trying to obviously use his philosophy to this kind of day and age and it's not really working for him. And then Huey tries to motivate him and try to convince him to sort of revive the civil rights movement and try and create a, a black revolution party. And even then that doesn't necessarily work out because nobody nobody cares. But then he does this massive speech where he's like, what the hell happened to us? You've all lost your way. You've all turned into niggers, essentially. And he's like, not in the good kind, but in the really bad kind. And then after that speech, like you just see like this whole wave of change. So like all the NBA players boycott, all the gangs like stop shooting each other there's like this massive protest at the white house and that episode kind of ends with huey going if only and interestingly enough it says oprah winfrey becomes president in 2020 hmm. but she's not running so she's definitely not going to be well they're not like the simpsons they're not going to get all of their <laughs> all of their predictions right but yeah, like, that, like I said, that episode, it, 
created, it was really controversial. Everyone was kind of like, like, what the hell are you doing? Like taking a mick out of us black people like this. But I think, again, Aaron Magruder was saying that in the episode, King is critical of our apathy and inactivity. And we carry the blame of our own apathy and inactivity. And we deserve to take a look at that and be honest about it. So his thing was, this is no lie. We are like this and we should talk about it. No matter how uncomfortable it might make you feel. And so episodes of uh, The Boondocks. Can I go? Because yes. my one is going to be significantly shorter than yours. <laughs> so the pilot, I uh, didn't write any notes for it. But it was really good. So the first, this first scene, uh, for episode one, series one, episode one was... When the the what's the little guy's what's this little guy's name? Huey. Huey rocks up to the mic in the thing and then just says about uh, Jesus is black, Ronald Reagan was a devil, and nine uh, eleven was a lie. Right? Yeah. That's all he said. Yeah. And they um, all think he's so cute. I think he's all cute. They just clap yeah, him. Like, oh, you're so cute. And then I think his and then his granddad's give him a smack and says. <laughs> Stop trying to tell the white people the truth, or yeah, uh, and then they get invited to this. Oh, he's, what does he say about the white people with cheese? I thought that was hilarious. Oh, they love different kinds of cheese, so he brings them like a whole plate of cheese. And like, <laughs> I think Ed Ed Wanklo, his name was he's like, Oh, this is lovely, lovely cheese, yeah. It's so, like, then, and they get invited to this party, right? Yeah, and he has to take the kids. The kids with him, and he has yeah. to try and tell the kids stop doing this, and, and the other one to stop trying to shoot people. <laughs> and he, he ends up shooting Ed Runkler out of the, the, <laughs> out of the window. <laughs> and yeah. then obviously, I think you had Uncle Ruckus, who was just like, "Y'all niggers better behave yourselves. The white man is inviting you to his beautiful home. Bless the white man." And at the end, all the white people just clapping. Yeah, yeah. Clapping for them. And because I think Ed owns the, the bank that owns the house. Yes, so they kind of yeah. have a a relationship in that in that respect. I, I didn't really... F maybe there was something I missed in it, but I didn't really see like an, a, a proper point to the first episode rather than just introducing the characters and the kind of overall setup of the... I think they kind of did. I think they move into the house in the first episode. And they're like, oh, why do we have to move to this white neighborhood? Ah, oh, okay. So it was just a setup. Episode. I believe that. Where are that their parents? I don't. I, I don't think they ever explain. Uh, I think okay. this guy adopts them, so he adopts these two kids. Oh, the grand. I thought. Oh, I thought it was their granddad. I don't think is that their biological um. biological granddad. And I think they don't explain the parents, so you'd just have to assume that their parents passed away. And or in a top secret mission. Possibly. And okay, some of the episodes that I watched and enjoyed, I think one of them was the the trial of R. Kelly. So this was quite a one of those iconic episodes. So this is where R. Kelly is brought to trial for urinating on an underage girl. The episode is the whole trial of 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 of, of R. Kelly. Riley, he's like a fan of R. Kelly. He's like, oh, let's go to the trial so I can support R. Kelly. But Huey's kind of like separating himself from that. And he's actually siding with the law. Like he, obviously R. Kelly is 
is guilty of sin, but you got like people like black people in the outside the courthouse and they're going, oh, free R. Kelly. You're only doing this because he's black and you're, 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 you're discriminating against him. This is, this is racism. This is all this and that. And so the lawyer of, the, of R. Kelly, he's kind of like, yeah, well, R. Kelly loves black women regardless of their age. So does it really matter how old she is? And like everyone in the trial is getting brainwashed by it. And you got Tom Dubois, who's the lawyer. As I mentioned, he's like one of the sort of main characters. And he's kind of the uh, the lawyer for uh, the little girl. And so he's basically saying, look, this is wrong. This is not what should be happening. But the lawyer's like, oh, who are you to talk, Tom? Aren't you married to a white woman? And everyone's like, oh, like you're married to a white woman. Like you don't deserve anything. And so basically R. Kelly decides to sing in the uh, the courtroom and everyone's all singing and dancing. And Huey takes the mic and he's like, what the hell is wrong with everybody? Like this is wrong. And then everyone's like, yeah, whatever, shut your mouth. And then they just go back to singing and R. Kelly walks away scot-free. I just read that Adam West played uh, R. Kelly's lawyer in that. (laughs) What a legend. Adam West. (laughs) That's not the first time he's come up, actually, is it? Yeah. And also um, another episode that I... Because obviously R. Kelly's from Chicago. Again, this was another sort of hint that... They were set in Chicago. Another episode was uh, Jin, Rummy, and and Ed Wonkler III. They tried to kidnap Oprah because I think she's going to be worth like loads and loads of money. So they end up kidnapping Bill Cosby because he goes to the wrong place. And they're like, oh my God, he's so boring because he's like, oh, what is wrong with you with the feeling of the kidnapping and the putting Bill Cosby? That voice and so uh yeah anyway and the the one of the episodes from season one that i loved was the passion of reverend ruckus now uncle ruckus he has a dream about white heaven and so he's at the pearly gates and he's met by ronald reagan and he's like i really am the devil god loves racism and if you come He's like, yeah, if you teach everybody about this white God and this whole idea that the white man is superior, I can take you to white heaven. And then he looks at into reflection and he's white. And so he's like, oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> I, I is a white man. And so he kind of makes it his life mission to kind of teach everybody about white Jesus white god and how you know the black man is inferior in in every single way conceivable and he he finds out that he gets diagnosed with some form of cancer and he's like you know what i'm going to dedicate my life to preach and teach the world about how amazing the white man is and also in this kind of episode You've got a um, a former Black Panther, I believe, who was in jail. 
And Huey's trying to sort of devise this comprehensive, cool scheme to try and bust him out of out of jail. But he can't make it to the jail because he can't get a ride. This kind of seems like Huey's plans always go to a ride because he can't get a ride. <laughs> but somehow there's like this massive lightning that strikes and it cures Uncle Ruckus of his uh, of his cancer. And because it kind of shuts down the electricity in the city, the uh, the guy who's in jail doesn't get electrocuted in the end. And yeah, where this electric shock kind of happens, this is where Uncle Ruckus is doing this massive sermon. It gets sold out because white people love it so much. They're like, oh, hey, he's talking about me. This is so awesome. The white guy is awesome and all this stuff. And so he's basically going, I want you to, Turn to your left and turn to your right. If you see a nigga next to you, slap him. And so you see everyone just slapping a black person next to him. So he's just going, psh, psh, slap that nigga. Slap the black out of him. Psh, psh. It's, just, it's just, oh my God. It's just, I watch it. It's like, this is, so stupid but it's so hilarious like oh my god and then uh, some of my uh, episodes that i watched from season two you had thank you for not snitching so this was a um an episode which kind of shows the the black community's relationship with the police and how snitching overall was never kind of seen to be a to be a, a good thing. So you had a, uh, a home, some home invasions, which was uh, committed by Jin Rummy and Ed Wankler. So they're just basically going around robbing people. And so they decide to do a, uh, a neighborhood watch. And so you had like Uncle Ruckus and this um, old white lady, and they're basically trying to go to the Freemans going, we want you to try and join this neighborhood watch so you can try and find these black people who are stealing these people's houses and robert's like whatever i don't care what you lot think like get out of here sort of thing and so in the end they're like suspecting them and huey and so uncle rock's just like i know you've been stealing those white folks home nigga if i catch you i'm gonna throw a brick in your head and all this and all this stuff and then it kind of they kind of show like this whole backstory about how people in the black community will never ever snitch. And when they do, they always end up getting killed for snitching. And it's just like, no matter what, you just don't snitch. And so I think Huey realizes that it's Jin and Ed who are doing all the uh, robbing and stealing. And basically they're like, well, you need to tell us who did this. Otherwise, you and Robert Freeman, so granddad, you're going to get arrested. And he was like, well, you can say what you want, but I'm never, ever going to snitch. And they need a getaway car, so they steal granddad's car. And granddad's like, you better tell these police officers who stole my car. But he was insistent. He's like, I'm not a snitch. I'm not a snitch. I'm not going to snitch. I'm not going to snitch. And then the episode kind of ends with his bike getting stolen. 
And they're like, thank you for not snitching, Huey. And he's like, give me back my bike, give me back my bike. And so that, how that episode kind of ends. Another really fun episode was the story of Thugnificent. So Thugnificent is like this really prominent rapper. Obviously, he's got like the big song, Booty Butt Cheeks. But he moves into Woodcrest and... Obviously, he's bringing the whole hip-hop lifestyle into that neighborhood. And Granddad doesn't really like it. And so he's like, I'm going to file a complaint against you. And then, as a response, Dagnificent makes a diss video called F Granddad, featuring Nate Dogg. Incredibly catchy. you got Nate Dogg on the hook as well. So that was a really good episode. And in the end, they're trying to reach a compromise and they're both incredibly stubborn. And so they're like, you know what? You can have your parties and whatnot as long as you're, uh, as long as you're very, very, uh, very quiet. And the story of Catcher Freeman. So this was... Uh, they tried to tell a story about a guy in sort of Civil War era called Catcher Freeman. So Grandad, he tries to tell the story that Catcher Freeman is this incredible man who used to like help black people escape from slavery. Whereas Uncle Ruckus was like, oh, Catcher Freeman was the greatest ever slave catcher of all time. He, he used to be able to communicate with dogs. He used to climb the trees and he used to like catch as many black people who tried to go on the run. And then Huey finds out that Catcher Freeman was a slave, but he tried to like write scripts. So he was able to read and write, but he had this way with like writing scripts. And in the end, when all the other inmates tried to escape, he sorts of grasses them up and tells the slave owner that they're trying to escape. But then in the end, he kind of joins up with the others and he ends up killing his massa or master. So uh, that's the, yeah, the story of uh, Catcher Freeman and the granddad and Uncle Rockers are both like, oh, I hate that version of the story because it's not necessarily their romanticized version. A couple of episodes that I liked from season three was it's a black president, Huey Freeman. So this was where a German documentary filmmaker, he basically follows the Freeman family around and other residents from Woodcrest to the election and the inauguration of America's first black president, Barack Obama. And they try to get flashbacks of like how people in the neighborhood feel about it. So you got Huey, who's basically indifferent to the whole situation. So he's kind of like, eh, meh, whatever. Ain't nothing much going to change. You got Rob Grandad and Riley, who are both supportive of Obama for different kind of reasons. Riley's thinking, you know what? Oh, we're going to have a black president. I can while out. I don't have to go to school anymore. I don't have to do anything anymore. And then you got Tom and Sarah. So the Dubois, they're very supportive of, of Obama. And Tom, he's actually getting really paranoid because he thinks that Sarah, his wife, fancies Barack Obama. And then you got Thugnificent, who basically had no idea what was going on. And then he realizes, like, huh? 
Y'all got a nigga called Barack Hussein running for president? Man, I'm going to join in. And so he's like, oh, I love this. I love the whole, the idea of it. And so he goes on Bill Maher's show. And Bill Maher's like, oh, well, if you're so good and you know what you're talking about, name the three legislative branches. And so he's just sitting there blank faced, and he's like, if you care about black rights, well, thank God I'm white. And let me ask you, actually, do you know the three legi- the three branches of government in America? I don't. Legislative, judiciary, and executive, I believe. Okay, yeah, no, I didn't know that. I mean, I work with a lot of Americans and I still don't know. Anyway, the other episode from season three was it's going down. So there was a, a terror terrorist attack near Woodcrest and Huey is like the, uh, the main suspect in this. And he's like pursued by all these high ranking secret agents. And uh, season four one of the episodes that I kind of picked up was quite hilarious was Grandad Dates a Kardashian. So Robert or Grandad begins dating a long lost Kardashian sister called Kardashian. And she has this reality TV show. So he ends up being on it. And Huey's like, oh, this is really horrible. And he doesn't want to be on it. And then he finds out that Kardashian goes to this doctor and she's getting like butt implants and he realizes that they keep growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And he goes on, like Robert's on a date with Kardashian and the implants explode. And so she's like in a coma and it kind of realizes that she's not a real Kardashian and they just both, and she just ends up dying in the hospital. And so, yeah, those were some of the episodes that I really, really liked. I'm going to actually do my top three episodes of The Boondocks of all time. So, uh... Is this a a show that you watched just anyway? I never watched The Boondocks. Oh, so you, you're discovering really, it. Yeah, this is really like... I mean, I, I knew of The Boondocks. I'd heard of The Boondocks. Yeah. I may have seen like one or two clips here and there on, on the internet. But it wasn't something that I watched. I know a, a load of my friends watched The Boondocks. They loved it. They used to tell me about how much they they loved watching The Boondocks. But it wasn't something that I never, ever got around to watching until now properly that is fair enough because i'd never even heard of it at all again like i've never (laughs) heard of last week's show i did pretty well right we did um it was only um the smart guy guy, i hadn't heard of this week again i'm back to back to my normal never heard of it (laughs) (laughs) um uh, yeah so i just thought i'd ask if, if you'd watched watched it um before never 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 Apart from, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you characters, names, things like that. But yeah, it was um, one of those things where I watched it and I was just like, this is so up my street. I really like it. It's, it's They deal with subjects and they're not afraid to provoke 
reactions from audiences. They're not afraid to really delve into really heated and touched subjects like the Iraq war, like, as I was saying, Hurricane Katrina and how the government's reaction or lack of reaction. So it was one of those where they, um, they really went there and they did it in the most hilarious way and they did it in the most interesting way. So um, my top three episodes in at number three i've got thank you for not snitching so as i was saying the episode where they're home invasions and robberies committed by ed wankler and gin rummy so their whole dynamic with each other is just so funny so i think one of them has like a, a bluetooth headset so he's basically going oh yeah baby you looking fine and he's like you talking to me and he's like no i got the bluetooth on i'm talking to this fine honey of mine so they're just all talking to this Bluetooth. And so like there's there's a bit in the house where it's so funny where he's like, oh, oh girl, you got it going on. And he's basically like bending over to get something. And he goes, why are you staring at my ass, man? And he goes, no, I'm talking to someone on the Bluetooth. He's like, man, you need to get rid of. And these white guys would say like nigger, like with impunity They go, oh, man, you need to get rid of this nigger technology and all this kind of stuff. And they talk about, should we be saying the N-word? He goes, oh, but he goes, it doesn't mean nigger in that sense. It means it in a completely different, different sense. That's what it means. But yeah, their whole dynamic in that episode and just in general was just was so funny. Number two, I've got the passion of Reverend Ruckus. So again, this was when he dreams about going to a white heaven and he's trying to get everybody to believe in white Jesus and white God and he wants to be side by side with uh, Ronald Reagan so it's just again that's just such a funny episode and number one I believe the best episode of the Boondocks was the return of the king so the episode where Martin Luther King wakes up from a coma and he has to try and figure it out and work his way through a completely different 21st century world and he struggles and so in the end he decides to move to Canada and he ends up living until he's very very old and he passes away in Vancouver which is a a very good choice to live if you're going to live in Canada because Vancouver is beautiful absolutely stunning loved vancouver when i went there and so yeah if you agree or disagree or if you think there's an episode that i missed out on the boondocks let me know because i would more than happily would love to go and go and watch watch those episodes and that brings us to an end to this episode of yesterday's capers Many thanks to uh, producer Paul for joining me. And also, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter and the socials, we're on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers One. We're on Twitter at Yesterday Capers. And you can follow me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. And you can follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, one word. Send comments. Let us know what you think. 
Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. So we got you covered on all angles. And uh, join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs> <laughs>